0: defensive tackle Daquan Douse and also punter Carson Voss commit to Michigan State out of the transfer portal and then Mark D'Antonio it's about time he makes a college football hall of fame but it's not just me talking about it we got Brian Lewerke to talk about him as well let's go You are Locked On Spartans your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day These days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com/locked. On college terms and conditions apply. Spartan friends, Spartan family, Locked on Spartans listeners, thank you all so much for tuning in Locked on Spartans, your team in green and white five days a week. Please rate, review, subscribe, smash that five-star rating button if you're listening on a podcast, or if you're listening on YouTube, also comment below. Thank you very much. And let's just get into the meat of the show here because there were two more additions to the Michigan State football team here through the transfer portal, and we're going to start with the big guy out of Georgia Tech, Daquan Douse now this is a big one this, this uh, l- literally and figuratively it's a big one and six foot two 290 pound defensive lineman one of the best run stopping defensive linemen in the ACC and no that's not just me a Michigan State slappy just blindly saying that the folks at Pro Football Focus PFF as they're called have him rated as a top five run stopper in the conference before, well, he left the ACC. So this is a solid pickup. He was actually rated as the fourth best interior defensive lineman per pro football focus. So, an instant contributor for this team. At a position, kind of like last year, um, we're going into this upcoming season, which is still many months away, but we're going into the season... Feeling pretty good about this unit. Right now you have Simeon Barrow, Derek Harmon. Those are two guys that dipped their toes in the transfer portal but came back. Those are two plus players. Players that heard from many other programs. I mean, you already know with Derek Harmon, it wasn't a situation where he went in the transfer portal and no one else wanted him. Oh no, uh, Michigan State had to beat out Oregon, Auburn, Ohio State to get Derek Harmon back. Also, Simeon Bear, we also know the power that eight ball can bring. And then behind him as well, sixth year player Maverick Hansen is in the mix. And then, Alex Van Sumeren as well. And we talked about this a little bit on a show the other day, but what will we get out of Alex Van Sumeren? Two knee injuries early in his career, but came in here as a highly rated four-star guy. Not sure, but hey, when you add a guy like Daquan Douse, that gets you not just depth, which is very important to do, especially when you're trying to rebuild a program, kind of structure your roster, but it's depth with some talent involved. This guy was a two-year starter for Georgia Tech, and they were kind of thrilled when, you know, after the season, he said that, hey, I'm uh, I'm not going to the NFL, I'm not going anywhere. Except eventually he went to the transfer portal and then came to Michigan State. And yes, this comes not too far after a visit over the last weekend for Mr. Douse's services. So, that is one other additional uh, portal name on the defense that you can get fired up about. Now the other portal addition, odds are we're not going to see this guy play all too much, barring any injury. But kind of a cool, just human interest story coming out of this one. Carson Voss uh, from Dansville, which if you don't know where Dansville is, just 20 minutes outside of campus. So this kid grew up a Michigan State fan. Went to tailgates, went to basketball games, the whole kit and caboodle. He was a Spartan through and through. Uh, now he was a three-year punter at Western Michigan. He was a solid punter for the Broncos as well. But he also wanted to start thinking about post football life, Enter the transfer portal, wanted to go somewhere where, yes, he could uh, still play football, but also focus on his dentistry career that he wants to eventually accomplish, and Spartans Illustrated did a wonderful story on Carson Voss. Uh, Like I said, grew up a Michigan State fan. Uh, In the story, Spartans Illustrated, plenty of pictures from his youth donning the green and white. But, man, this came close to not happening for Carson Voss. This is just a good painting of how crazy the transfer portal can be. Over the weekend, I think it was Saturday night, or you know what? No, it was Sunday. Sunday at midnight was the final window I think, officially visiting other campuses. And Carson Voss, he had a few offers. It was slim pickings, though, for him. And Michigan State was not one of them. And then, hey, who calls at noon that day is Michigan State. So, yes, not only is growing up in Dansville helpful if you want to get to a lot of Michigan State games as a kid, but also if you're back home in the transfer portal and someone calls you at noon and says, hey, can you come to campus, yeah just hop in the car, burn up less than a gallon of gas, and you're good to go. So... I do love this quote from Carson Voss. Obviously wanted to end his career at Michigan State, which is what will be happening. And this is a great quote. He said, quote, God is a God of the fourth quarter. There we go. It had been such an uncertain time in the transfer portal The specialists are the last group that the people get to. And, well, that they did. Now, like we said, we don't expect him to play all too much because right now, look, if there is any any light that you could shine on the season last year... It's that Ryan Eckley was a massive surprise in my opinion, at that punter position, becoming, in just one year, one of the best punters in the conference. And Carson Voss is no dummy. He knows this. He understands this. and he has a quote, just going right at the Ryan Eckley battle or maybe even lack thereof, quote, "Me just being there is better for Eckley, it gives someone to push him." So there's a guy that already just knows coming in that he's going to be the backup hunter. But hey, you know what? Just like you said, competition, never a bad thing. So it's very uncommon that we'll spend some of the first segment of a show on a backup specialist. But I just thought that was cool enough of a human interest story just to point out and just kind of, again, paint a picture of how crazy the transfer portal can be in some cases going down to the very last moments of the window. Uh, Now for other portal news coming up. Wesley, or Wesley, that's nice. I'm going to butcher the kid's name right off the bat. Wayne Matthews, Old Dominion linebacker. I know that he visited not too long ago. Could Michigan State be on the doorstep for this kid? He was the second highest graded defender for Old Dominion. That could be another one to potentially keep your eyes on. Now beyond that, we're going to see because these spots are starting to get a little thin here. But hey, I mean, again, all over the board could use a little bit of depth. Except maybe not the quarterback position, now that Tommy Schuster just transferred over here. And maybe not the running back room, but everywhere else... Yeah, we could be using some depth here. Now, here in a hot segment, we're gonna be talking with Brian Luwerki. You guys already know who he is, former quarterback here at Michigan State, about Mark D'Antonio entering the College Football Hall of Fame. Let's just go through some numbers here before we talk to Brian about what it was like to play under him. But Mark D'Antonio, as you know, the all-time winningest coach at Michigan State with a record of 114 and 57 losses. That is a win percentage of 667. Winning two of every three games he coached. Not too shabby. Also, three Big Ten championships. 2010, 2013, 2015. Two victories in the Big Ten championship game. And of course, the victories in the Rose Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and the appearance in the college football playoff. Now this is from MSUSpartans.com. We're going to just read right through this because this is some more good numbers. Beyond his record for most victories at MSU, D'Antonio won more Big Ten championships and bowl games than any other coach in school history. He won six bowl games. Also, 12-bowl appearances, that is number one in Michigan State history as well. His 639 winning percentage in the Big Ten game is a school record, and he stands tied for first place with AP Top 25 finishes. He did that seven times, second in Big Ten wins with 69, and home wins 67, and AP Top 25 wins 21 one of those wins. So we got to wait until December for him to officially be enshrined, but he is one of 22 members to be entering the 2024 class. Just one of three coaches, but just want to just pop out some names here for the other 19 players. These are guys that you may or may not know, But. Famous players like Justin Blackman, the receiver for Oklahoma State. Warwick Dunn, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Toby Gerhardt, Steve Hutchinson over from Michigan, Randy Moss, Julius Peppers, Alex Smith, Kevin Smith, Chris Ward, Danny Woodhead. It is a pretty impressive class in Mark D'Antonio. Of course he's a headliner of this thing. I mean, what else are we going to say? So, no, a lot more Mark D'Antonio talk to come with our guy Brian Lewerke. But first need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn jobs. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? Well, LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. And that's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs and go check out the tools that they have created to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. Now, LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their job. It's intuitive, it's quick, it's easy, and again, my favorite part, it's for free. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Folks, it is friend of the program. I'm as shocked as you are that this guy keeps coming on time and time again, but it is for Michigan State quarterback. And well, today, current correspondent of Mark D'Antonio. That's right. We're going to talk all things Mark here in a hot segment. First, Brian, I should probably ask. How you doing, man? We doing okay over there?
1: Yeah, we're doing great. I'm happy to be on the show again. Give you some uh, inside scoops on Coach
0: D. Yeah, because, hey, as we all know by now, he is entering the College Football Hall of Fame. He is one of 19 players and three coaches to be enshrined in this 2024 class. And yeah, when we heard the news on Monday, I was like, well, my God, I need to get a former player on here. And you are very nice to, on short notice, join the show here to talk all things Mark D'Antonio. But... When the news drops on Monday that he is going to be formally in the Hall of Fame, what was your first reaction when you saw that news?
1: Yeah, it was awesome. Saw it on Twitter, um, and I was so happy for him. I don't think there's any coach more deserving um, in Michigan State's history or really in college football um, than him. I think he's done so much for the program. Took us from one place to another, and we're just trying to build off of that and keep going from what he built. Um, So, so excited for him. Um, I invited him out to my wedding in the summer. Unfortunately, he couldn't come. But Shoot. um, yeah, it was. It's. I'm. I'm so happy for him.
0: I was gonna say, like, are you still able to keep in touch with him because that's tough for a former college coach. I mean, you have what hundreds of former players. It seems like. Yeah. So, do, do you ever get to talk with him these days? Occasionally.
1: Um. Sometimes he'll get. You know. I know. I, I know he misses football so much. Um. Yeah. And he'll throw like some guys in a group chat, send like a picture of uh us on a bowl trip or something, just saying he, how he's reminiscing on the memories of um, coaching. So I'll hear from him maybe, maybe once a year or so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. he's a great dude. He tries to keep up with any players he can. So Love it. Yeah, my first
0: reaction when I saw this news on Monday is, wait, he's not already in? Like I said, I, I just yeah. figured he was kind of already in the Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I guess this is his time finally, but – I mean, obviously well-deserved. I don't think any yep. Michigan State fan or any you know fan of any school that has a brain would even question why he's in here. He did a lot of impressive things here. Obviously, it, my most impressive thing brought yep. Michigan State to Pasadena. Okay, and that's something I thought in my lifetime growing up in the Bobby Williams and John L. Smith era. My God, I thought that would never happen. <laughs> uh, but, hey, here he was bringing us to the Roses. But as a former player, I mean, maybe this de- uh, it differs from what a fan thinks. What is the most impressive thing he did at Michigan State in your opinion?
1: Um, I mean, obviously, I think stats wise, he's the winningest coach in program yeah. history. So that kind of speaks for itself. Um, just from a personal level, he was very good with, with people and um, he, he knew how to run a program professionally and um, make all the guys buy in um, and make everyone kind of commit to what he wanted to do and what
0: the program wanted to do. So and you're out there in Arizona. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you're aware of what Michigan State was, but those first interactions with Mark D'Antonio, did anything surprise you in those first encounters? Because just watching them kind of from afar growing up to actually having the guy in your living room, was anything surprising when you actually got to talk to him for the first time?
1: Um, nothing like I can really think of crazy. I I mean, I, I remember when I committed, um, I called him and I was like, Hey, coach, it's Brian Lork. He just wanted to say, I think I'm gonna commit to Michigan State. And he goes, first thing he says, he's like, you think, or you are. I'm like, <laughs> right. That's, that's a good am. question. That's a good yeah. question. Because <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just like, you know, talking like, Hey, I think i think I want to commit meaning right. that I was going to commit. And he, yeah. he was just like, yeah, you think, or you are. I'm like, I <laughs> am coach. I'm, I'm committing to mission state. So that's just who he is. He, he was always kind of a, you know, uh, a goofball and um, always, always had these funny sayings
0: and a lot of stuff, but yeah. And that always just blows away fans like myself, people from the outside, you know, that he is a goofball, just like you said, because famously, all that we see is just stoic Mark D'Antonio, unless he's holding the Big Ten Championship trophy or posing in front of his holiday bowl cake, which we'll get into a hot second. But just behind the scenes, I mean, any stories that stick out of Mark D'Antonio, like what we don't see as fans?
1: Um, I mean, he always had these like funny quotes, you know, like four to one, complete your circles. I mean, I guess not funny, but he just loved those like, yeah, like like small little one sentence um, phrases. Uh, He would always try and like make guys crack up in the um, team room because we we would uh, we would rate our coaches, I think, at the end of fall camp or maybe at at the end of the season every year. And there's some like categories. And one of them was uh, like comedy or like funniness. And he Um, would always shoot for five, like five out of five on that every time. (laughs) And he would get like, he'd get like a three point nine or like a four, and he'd be so pissed because he wanted to be the funniest <laughs> coach on the staff. I'm like, Coach, we're just rating you honestly, and and he, he would make us laugh in some ways, but he he would always strive to get that that five out of five on the on the comedy ranking.
0: I mean, those sayings too, like they, those did bleed over to the fan base for sure. Like complete your circles. There's yeah. one that me and my buddy used during our uh, division two beach volleyball season over the <laughs> summer. So kind of the same, you know, I've chased yep. the big yep. football yeah, championship, way. but lion in the cage was a big one. Like, don't yeah. let the emotions boil over. Let's <laughs> let the lion in the cage. You know, like the- that's a big one as well. But yep. as a four player, like what was your favorite saying that he dropped on you guys?
1: Um, I think four to one, and I'm okay. I still it, it, like four in that forest of four of to, to physical or four is to one as mental as a physical. So, obviously, I still am struggling okay. with what it meant, but <laughs> but I have he, no idea, had, right? No, I, <laughs> I I no idea. I think it means you know being mentally tough is four times as important as being physically tough. I that's that's what I took it as. Um, yeah, and I he, he had a bunch of those, but I think that was my favorite one
0: that I had. I love that. That That's incredible. So during like the trips to games or the, the build up to games, I guess, what was he like? Was he like the motivational guy or did he take a backseat to other assistant coaches or what was he like in the 24 hours leading up to a kickoff for you guys?
1: Yeah. I mean, he was never, uh, never really like, I mean, he, he would, he would get intense sometimes and he, he could one thing about him, he could flip a switch. He could be talking about something casual and then something just like makes him mad or, um gets yeah. him going and he can he can flip a switch and start talking pretty intense. Um but he was never really a yeller. He was whatever he said was like every time it was like the perfect words. It wasn't really like screaming at us, but he knew what to say every time, whether it's pregame the night before or to get us fired up before
0: the game. Um and so he 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 was always great at doing that. Do you remember a game where you know before the game you were like, "Oh, this is the one!" Like he 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 he's scored a five out of five for this one. He really brought it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think my my favorite like pregame one was in the the Michigan game um, where we sat in the bus for I think it was what like ten seconds or wh- whatever it was before the game just to like um, you know like a final like moment and then um what ended up being the touchdown I think again the Jalen Watts fumble or punt touchdown. I think that was that was just like one of those crazy things. Like, how, how does he do this, this sort of right. thing? He gives us like right. some time to be on the bus in this exact amount of time that was left from the
0: clock before we scored. So probably something like that, yeah. He read the script beforehand. He he, yeah, he knew. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into more like on-field stories, you know, some in-game moments. And then also, I, yeah, we got to talk about the Holiday Bowl, of course, because that's what cemented his 100th win. But first right. – Brian, I I hate to do this to you. I know I'm not a coach, but i got to send you to the bench because I need to talk to people's ears off about FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in the game. The NFL regular season is all wrapped up, but there's still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel. Like I said, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You don't have to sweat the spread. You don't got to worry about laying the points. Just pick a game that you like like on this wonderful slate of NFL playoff games. And with that $5 bet for a first time customer bang, win or lose that's 150 bucks in bonus bets. The app is super easy to use. And there's so many different ways to bet like live same game parlays. You can find bets in the new explore tab. You can make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find the most popular parlays that they have to offer. And my favorite part of FanDuel, you're getting paid out almost instantly. Like when I emotionally hedged my happiness and bet way more than I should on Michigan to win the national title. Because if I got to see those those people win the national title, I want to be paid for it. Yeah, FanDuel hit my account almost instantly. So woohoo, great. All right, so visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and make your first bet a layup. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And let's drag the one, the only Brian Lewerke back into the mix here and... It's okay that I bet a Michigan to win the national title, right? Like,
1: I mean, it's it's it was a smart fan, financial choice. I was obviously rooting for Washington the whole time. Yeah, I, mean, I thought
0: you know, Penix would get it going, it just never happened. So, you no, made yeah. money off it, though. I mean, that's fine, I guess. I know, and I want to clear the air right now. I was begging to lose that money, I, <laughs> I was going to be thrilled to lose that money, but yeah, right here I am, but whatever. Let's get into something that people care about. Mark D'Antonio, the games that he coached. And in the games, obviously fiery guy beforehand, but a quirky guy beforehand, like you said. But this is what we see as fans, all business, all the time during games. Are there any in-game stories that really stick out to you that just pop into your mind when you think Coach D during games?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wish I could give you something good. He he, he kind of stayed away from the quarterbacks most of the time in the game um he didn't really like he'd come over give you like a pat in the butt and be like all hey, right good job there's like just kind of like a link in passing comment um it was mostly me talking with whether it was coach warner or coach salem mm-hmm. um, when they were there at the time um so he kind of didn't really give us much during the game I,
0: I i wish i could give you something good but i don't i don't think i got anything no i get it because that was kind of along my line of questioning here is that would he just leave you guys to yourself so it sounds like that for the yeah. quarterback.
1: At least yeah, more or like, I mean, yeah, he, he he understood what was going through quarterback quarterback's head. I don't really think he wanted to mm-hmm. kind of mess with anything too crazy. So
0: that's fair. Would he ever come by if you're having like just a lights out game and encourage you or on the contrary, let's say that it's been a struggle out there. Does he ever come by and be like, Hey, let's pick things up. Or even at the extreme ends of the spectrum, is he still staying away? Yeah. Too? I mean,
1: I, I think more so if you're struggling, he would come up and just try and like motivate you. Give you, give you a little okay. pat in the butt and say, Hey, come on, calm down, keep going. Um, When I was in, the couple times I I lit it up against whether it was Penn State or Northwestern, those two games, sure. kind of nothing, nothing really. I don't think he kind of just was like, "Hey, good job." <laughs> it's like
0: a pitcher throwing a no hitter, just like yeah. him just yeah. let him be, yeah, to his own devices, yeah, yeah. So one thing that always kind of like interests me about just the inner workings of a football team is how would you guys handle half times? Because there's a lot to do about like, oh, a halftime pep talk, or oh, they're making a bunch of halftime adjustments, like. What actually was Coach D doing during halftime uh, with you guys?
1: Yeah, I, I think they would have their little coaches meeting uh, immediately before they'd come in probably two or three minutes into halftime, break up to O&D. Uh, we talk, go over some adjustments, some run checks that we wanted to do, um, and then probably about four minutes left in, in halftime. He'd bring everyone up. We'd do some uh, – he, he'd talk to us, kind of get us going, um, and just get back out there, so – wasn't, uh, wasn't anything too crazy in that, that sort of sense too. But I mean, he always, like I said, he always knew the right things to say to get us fired up to go back out there and uh, do whatever it was we had to do.
0: And we talked about, you know, pregame owns with coach D, anything memorable from that, but let's do the opposite here. Any postgame celebrations that really stick out to you with coach Antonio, where he just took the line out of the cage and really showed uh, an enthusiastic side of himself.
1: Yeah. I mean, his, uh, what was it? The Northwestern in 2019, 20, 20, uh, I think, to become the winningest coach in program history. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Where we got one of these hats. Program um, win. Program win. <laughs> uh, he was he was just fired up. We did the uh, the fight song in there and him and his wife and his uh, his two daughters were there. It's great to have see him all excited. And then obviously after the um the pinstripe bowl, which end up being his last game at the time and was yeah. my last game. Um, he was in the middle i mean and anytime we had a big win and especially in a bowl game he was in the middle we were blasting some uh rap music whatever it was whether it was rich uh, homie Kwan or something or whatever <laughs> um he'd be in the middle dancing and it was it was it was awesome to see him like
0: that i you ever get a emo- i'm certainly to remember as a fan but like i'm sure you know with the cameras off and everything maybe this happened more ever emotional after a game though or anything that was kind of like that after a game, even like the pinstripe bowl where maybe he thought it was the end? Anything like that?
1: No, I mean, I I never really got the sense from that game. Um, I don't think I mean, he was never like, if there's a tough loss, I mean, you can see it on his face or something. Um, But I never really, you know, got like he never like something
0: too crazy where he's just like down the dumps or whatever. Yeah. Well, I do want to ask about this. This is the number one question on my mind. I don't think anyone else could possibly care about this. But the cake that was presented after the Holiday Bowl that secured Mark Antonio's 100th win at Michigan State, did you guys get to eat the cake? Like, how how was it? We did not. I don't know what where it was. Why? What? I know. <laughs> after it was on the field, I'm
1: trying to think. Like, I, I just I just thought about that, too. Like, I don't think we ever got to see it. I don't know if it's made, if it made its way back to the locker room at all or if he uh, stashed it away, put it in the freezer until – a, a fun moment. He wanted to go eat it himself, but yeah, oh. I, we never really
0: saw that. I don't know. That's like the opposite of the Pop Tart Bowl, man. Like instead, <laughs> of, <it's bogus. laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We be eating that thing on the field. Speaking of the Holiday Bowl, here's another thing that I, I, I well, I guess we'll see if a player could possibly care about this. I was going to say a, a player can't possibly care about, but do you ever have you ever watched the highlights of, of the Holiday Bowl? By a couple chance? times, yeah. Do you notice any lack of enthusiasm with Gus Johnson during the, the game? Oh my or okay, thank you. Let's talk about this. Okay, yeah, I did. I mean, okay, like, <laughs> I, I
1: remember people were talking about it after the game, and I was like, yeah. oh, kind of weird because I feel like he's one of the more enthusiastic guys. So I mean, like we watched the film af- obviously after the game, and then uh-huh. you know I watch a TV copy when I'm back home or something with my family. And I, I remember the one play specifically when I when I like. Peeled out to the left, threw it to Cody White in the back of the end zone, and he's like, touchdown, Cody White. Touchdown. <laughs> I mean, that was I think that was a pretty good play. I could deserve a little more enthusiasm than that.
0: Okay, thank you. And you know, that makes me a little just happier vindicated that even a player like yourself was a little miffed at that because I remember watching that game in real time. I'm thinking like uh, Quaaludes, like a horse tranquilizer. Like what is, what, what did he do yeah. before this game? Because this yeah, is Gus up- Johnson.
1: Yeah, is it Maybe he was upset that he had to call this game and maybe he didn't like us that year or something. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but.
0: Did you ever get to talk to Gus Johnson? Cause I know he'll talk to some players before a game. Is this one of the games where you got to talk to him beforehand?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we, okay. we did like interviews with him beforehand. I met him um, one time, I think maybe for the first time when we were at, he was at he was calling a game at the breslin we were there mm-hmm. um and one of the media guys was hey uh, Gus Johnson's down there wants to just say what's
0: up to you so he brought me down and talked to him it
1: was pretty cool okay. so yeah okay. i've
0: met him a couple times i was, like is he a fiery guy at all? like is he the same on camera that he is off camera i guess except for the holiday bowl where he was sleeping his way through it yeah
1: like. i mean he's like you can definitely tell it's him like his tone of voice kind of like it's, it's okay. one of those ones that kind of sticks with you um so yeah i think he's kind of He's a little more low key in in real life.
0: Yeah. yeah, but that that was like the glory days of Michigan State, where like we're just finding anything to complain about. Like you guys beat Washington <laughs> State by four hundred points, but yeah. I walk away being like, "Huh, some yeah. of those calls could have been a little better by old Gus." There, like oh, right. that's... <laughs> that's the worst thing that's happening with the football team. I think. We've got to <laughs> Uh, simpler times, man. But, uh, Hey, better days ahead. Uh, we have this spicy new quarterback out of the transfer portal, Aiden Childs. I'm throwing you on the spot. I don't even know if you've been able to watch him a lot, but as a former quarterback, are we seeing the next Brian Lewerke in Aiden Childs? You just want to make that (laughs) statement right now. Just go ahead and say that with your chest.
1: Maybe better, maybe better. Hopefully. Wow.
0: Oh man. But yeah, I mean, I've
1: I've seen some clips of him throwing them on Twitter. Haven't really like, deep dive into his, his sure. film yet he's obviously i got we got our podcast we're doing too and we're, we're trying to break him down a little yeah. bit see what he's got um but yeah i i think he's gonna be a great quarterback for us just seeing seeing some of the small stuff looks like his throwing motion is great which is the one thing i look at every time is if, if a quarterback looks like they have a smooth throwing uh throwing motion you know they're going to be somewhat good so
0: so that's the first thing you're looking for is just what the throw emotions look like as a former quarterback. A Mostly,
1: quarterback. Yeah. And I, that's why I like Sam Levitt a lot. And I was very disappointed to see him leave because I thought yeah. he had a beautiful release. He could really
0: whip the ball. So that's definitely the yeah. first thing I look at, though. It is what it is. But uh, hey, just like you're saying, you guys got your own podcast going on over there. The You Are the Program podcast. It's you, Tyler Higbee, Dante Rosano. Anything sure. you want to plug here? Anything coming up uh, for you guys here in the horizon?
1: Uh, I don't know. We're, we're trying to get some people on, kind of like you do. We're trying to trying to find For some sure. players or something and get them on the pod. So, trying to work on something um, during the offseason.
0: There we go. If you ever need a fan that watches the games, not from the sidelines, but 40 rows up, kind of somewhat intoxicated during these games, then I, I'm your guy. I got you, Brian. Right. I will happily join and talk yeah, about any I'm game really I do man. or do not remember. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I got you, man. But, um, <laughs> hey. Just like I said, guys, uh, great podcast going on over there. You are the program. That's Brian Lewerke. I doesn't need an introduction. doesn't need any of this, but we're going to give it anyway. It's Brian Lewerke. Brian, you are the man. Thanks a lot for your time. And against all odds, agreeing to come back on here time and time again. This is a this is a, yeah. shock,
1: a shock. No, no, no. I, I love coming on here talking talking
0: ball with you. So, appreciate you having me. No, I appreciate that, man. So, gang, until next time, we will be back tomorrow. We're going to break down this Michigan State-Illinois basketball game on Thursday. But... Until then, love every single one of you. Go Green.